Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into the Scoop Podcast, part of the Inside Carolina Network. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Don Callahan. The Scoop is brought to you by Blue Shark Vodka and Johnny T-Shirt. Welcome into the scoop presented to you by Johnny T-shirt and Blue Shark Vodka, the smoothest vodka in the world. It's part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Don Callahan. What's going on, Don? Not too much. Just got a fresh haircut for this podcast specifically. It looks like you got a haircut also. Is that right? Yeah, I got a haircut on uh, on Monday, bye week, kind of bye week haircut. Um, so we're good to go there. It's a good reminder for people to watch on YouTube and subscribe to YouTube. And of course, um, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, where we get your podcast network. We're going to talk UNT football recruiting. Anything else going on, Don? There's not a lot of news since we did the um, emergency podcast last week after five-star offensive tackle Zach Rice committed to UNC. So the docket isn't as packed. We're going to try to have some fun and get into a couple uh, topics of note what else what's going on in your life the the old, well couple things one the haircut i don't know if you could see this but the lady yeah. butchered butchered my neck do you can you Ooh. see it yeah it looks a little red yeah it's awful it burns high and tight you're about to enter the military it, well i don't know what she had on that razor but she cut my neck up a bunch um that and i'm super psyched a couple of months ago i mentioned the fact that i had a minor leak in my uh, one bathroom, which has ruined my life, but we finally got the flooring in today. We're going to get some drywall done tomorrow and the next day painting, Jeez. and then hopefully we'll have it all my bathroom back for the weekend. Anything wow. going on in, in Ross's life? I'm headed Wait, to you went to... somewhere. You went somewhere, right? I went to the mountains last weekend uh, or last week a little bit, and then I had a wedding last weekend. Shout out Jack Richmond, big UNC fan. I don't think he listens though, but he got married. And I'm going uh, Notre Dame. Going Notre Dame on Friday. Okay. So what? Because I know typically you don't. You're not going to games. Is this as a fan or how's this working out? It's covering the game. I uh, got the okay. credential and first game I've covered in person. I think since COVID, basketball wow. or football. And you know, this is a game I had circled. Uh, I mean, you know, how many times you get a chance to go up to Notre Dame and watch the Tar Heels? So I really, um, I'm appreciative for Ben and Buck to provide me with this opportunity. Greg will be up there too. I think Jim and I think Taylor Vipolis. I think we're sending four people up there to Notre wow. Dame. Kind of, you know, it's kind of like a treat, you know, it's just the, you know, the um, holy place for football. And um, it's kind of a bucket list, uh, not a true bucket list, but definitely a town and a stadium I want to see. So uh, already lined up some, uh, you know, hanging out in Chicago a little bit, lined up some meets with some UNC fans in, uh, in South Bend and Chicago. So, Hit us up on Twitter, and we might stop by a tailgate. We'll have all day in South Bend on um, on Saturday because it's a seven thirty kick. Yeah, it, Notre Dame is definitely on my bucket list. Everyone I've ever talked to who's been there has always talked about just you kind of feel it as soon as you step on campus. So I, you know, as just purely a college football fan, I'd love to to visit. I have a lot of family who are huge Notre Dame fans. So yeah, um, are you are you Catholic? I, I was I was raised Irish. Well, I'm Irish and yeah, and uh, yeah, I was raised Catholic. So, Donald O'Callaghan. Well, supposedly my last name when my ancestors came over, it was O'Callaghan with a G. Somewhere along the lines, like we lost the O and the G, and it's just C A L L A H A M. But yeah, and, you know. and we can't talk much more about religion, or we're gonna get canceled. That's that's right. So that concludes the religious <laughs> portion of this podcast. Yes. Are yes. you Catholic? Yes or no? Um, yeah, it is funny how a lot of people in the North, Pennsylvania, uh, New York, Boston, Massachusetts, they grow up um, Notre Dame fans, which is in Indiana, uh, just because of the Catholic connection, the Irish Catholic connection. Yeah. So. And it's falling in a cool month. 
I mean, a cool time of the year. It's, it's going to be pretty cold, but maybe not too cold. So you kind of get that full football experience. So, I mean, hopefully Tar Heels get up there and can play well and be a close game in the fourth quarter and see what happens. Yep. I'm, I'm excited for that game. I'm excited for another college football Saturday, to be honest. There so. you go. Thrilling take by Don there. All right, so let's get into <laughs> what we're going to talk about. Uh, a little bit looser, fun podcast, which I think a lot of people appreciate. Not, we're going to roll not, up the not, sleeves. Yeah, not a lot of news. So we're going to get into Zach Rice a little bit after kind of the, you know, week later for the Zach Rice commitment, just a massive commitment. We were, you know, when you record these emergency podcasts, you're definitely rushed and you definitely miss some things. And Don, yeah. I'm not sure Don had talked to everybody he talked to. But Don had a week to kind of get some intel. And um, so we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Zach Rice. We'll get into Andre Green, which, which kind of now remains – the biggest recruit out there. Um, it doesn't seem like there's much movement with Jake Pope and UNC. Um, there's some other guys out there, but, but Andre Green's a guy we've been covering for months, if not years now, the wide receiver out of St. Richmond School um, in, in Virginia. And then uh, we'll get to team talk. So we'll look at the Tar Heels entering the Notre Dame game, uh, three transfers, uh, three players into the transfer portal. So we'll get to that because Mac Brown has spoken a lot this week about the transfer portal and how it changes roster management, how it affects recruiting. And you have uh, Don O'Callaghan, who covers recruiting. And you have Ross Martin, who covers uh, the Ross team. Ross O'Martin. And <laughs> what is, right, what is your ancestry? Uh, American. Before, before your uh, ancestry made it to America, we're, we're, uh, what's in Scott, your blood? Scott Irish and English. Okay. Okay. But we were one of the first, uh, both sides, one of the first families here. Okay. 1600s. Well, your, your family was dying of the potato famine in Ireland. Yeah. My family was thriving okay. uh, in America. First family <laughs> of Tennessee. My dad's family was the first family to settle in Tennessee. One of the first families to settle in Tennessee. It's interesting. Okay. The fertile Tennessee Valley, Don. <laughs> I'm your family came over to Pennsylvania, which is blue collar in, in the, uh, in like in philadelphia fight yeah. for freedom yeah. that's right all right thanks for those who stayed on through that part uh we are going <laughs> I found it to, interesting yeah let's get into zach rice uh if you haven't go back and listen to the zach rice emergency commitment podcast we recorded that i was in, i was in the mountains at my buddy jeff's house um and don had come back from picking up his son from subway uh don <laughs> he works there don don son's a sandwich artist to so check out the uh the local uh what's what's the city you live in holly springs go to holly, holly springs it's, it's the subway in the holly springs walmart um you can't yeah. miss him he's the one who if you go in there and there's no one at the front counter he's the one sleeping in the back and what's the special what's the don special at subway i'm a i'm a spicy italian guy i i like you some are. spicy italian and load it up with uh with the uh, banana peppers and it's great I can have him do, I mean, obviously you go going to Subway, you can get, get it exactly the way you want it, but you know, you can get it really exactly the way you want it when your kid's back there, you know? So he loaded me so what up. Do you get, all right, let's go through it. Let's go through it. What do you get on it? Well, spicy Italian, pep, all right, pepper jack cheese. I usually do, do not get it toasted. Sometimes maybe if I'm feeling a little frisky that day, but typically not toasted. You know, I do the typical with that. You not hear me? What bread? Oh, wheat. Yeah, you kind of went out there for a second. Okay. Uh, wheat bread, trying to stay somewhat healthy. Yeah. <laughs> that meat's um, been sitting out for weeks. I know. I know. Well, especially when my dad was like, doesn't he have to use the, um, the slicer? I'm like, no. All that stuff comes off a truck already sliced. Um, Mike's, Jersey Mike's, former uh, Inside Carolina podcast sponsor. They, they actually, they actually uh, slice it there? Yeah, that's their whole thing, slicing fresh. Okay. We are a Jersey uh, Mike's podcast because we want them to sponsor us at some point again. Okay, but uh, yeah, and I mean, typical stuff. I mean, I do lettuce, uh, black olives, a big black olive guy, um, uh, tomato, uh, onions, um, mayo, uh, I, and I still do the oil and vinegar, salt and pepper, the oregano. Yeah, I mean. Any, any I other sauces? No, I mean, I mean, that that's my typical order. But yeah, I mean, if I'm feeling, you know, a little, you know, then maybe I might mix it up a little bit. Okay, nice. What about um, you? Yeah, I knew right. you were a black. I knew you were a black olive guy the moment I set eyes on you. 
All right, I go I go Italian herbs and cheese bread, spicy Italian. I go I go spicy Italian too. Usually. Okay. Uh, Ovalone cheese, I think, melted. And I go every vegetable possible except for pickles. I like pickles. I don't like them on sandwiches as much. I agree. Sometimes. I like they pickles, come- but they're very strong flavor. They well, as long as they're they're so wet, they they are too wet for the bread and moistens up the whole sandwiches. Why are you laughing? So I oh, go wow. lettuce, lettuce, tomato, a lot of red onions, a lot of banana peppers. I'll go extra banana peppers, jalapenos, black olives. Then I'll go oil and vinegar. I'll go mu- a honey mustard. Big sauce guy, as you know. So I'll go like spicy Ita- or the, the Italian sauce. I think it's like a, an onion sauce. Okay. Sometimes I'll go like, I'll go chipotle on there. I'll get side of chipotle. And then the key, you got to go three cookies at the end. So it makes the best cookie. Oh, yeah. Well, no. White chip thing. macadamia. White chip macadamia. It all depends on the Subway, on how good the cookies are. A, a well-made Subway cookie is spot on. But you can go somewhere. You want to talk about setting out for a couple of days. Some of those cookies have been sitting out for a couple of days. So you got, you got, to, be, you got to trust your Subway. And if you, you know the deal, you can ask them to microwave the cookies for like 10, 15 seconds. And they're warm. Mm, that's a good idea yeah, yeah good okay. advice yeah subway that's your subway portion of the podcast thanks for those who stayed on through that part all right zach rice let's get into it we're gonna get some of the complaints on the message <laughs> board all right zach rice so dom we uh yeah, we, record, we recorded this last thursday he committed we didn't i mean i don't know what you know knew but you didn't tell me anything you said obviously down virginia and unc in my mind i thought it was leaning virginia kind of felt that way what happened what did you know like why do why do you think was he on the fence like what happened in the last two or three weeks to make his decision i think i think he was 100 percent on the fence up until he mentioned um in the q a and then also at the actual announcement that he went to chapel and the, I guess the message there was about, you know, follow where God wants to lead you. And for whatever reason, North Carolina kept on popping up and down his mind. And, and that's when his decision was made. I believe all that to be the case. I think that God told him to be a Tar Heel. I'm going to leave that alone. Um, I, I think that him and his, I think he, he only probably told his mom and, and his grandmother, maybe his high school coach. And that was it. And because of that, which is which was unbelievable that they kept that quiet up until really the, that day, um, you know, there was no information leaking out. And what that creates is kind of like this, you know, someone like, well, I think it's this. And then that kind of morphs into this whole like this is, you know, he's leaning toward Virginia. Um, and then the whole birthday thing with the coach, which turns out was a pure coincidence, just kind oh. of really kind of threw gasoline on on that virginia fire you know and i think what do, some you, of what do you you mean like thinking it was virginia yeah so i think what the way as far as the fans and and the followers of this recruitment are concerned people were like okay this feels like virginia because of the relationships thing he he has mentioned in the past how he wasn't able to connect with cheryl's and all that and then once it was found out that that was the offensive line coach's birthday that just kind of just Threw gasoline on the fire, so everyone's like, "All right, this is this can't be a coincidence. This has to be, has to be um, UVA." And I think there wasn't any like he was on the fence the day before, and then just switched to UNC that day. I think it was that day was when he finally started to kind of tell some other people, and then it and it slowly started to kind of trickle out. But it didn't trickle out to the point to where everybody knew, like all the fans knew, like in a typical recruitment. But it, but. Um, you know, we were, I was able to make a projection that morning for North Carolina. Oh, and you didn't tell me. Well, not all right. I, I said, I said that, I mean, I guess I'll call it projection, but no, I, I mean, still, even at that point, I mean, even when someone says, Hey, is UNC or whatever, you're still kind of like, there's still a lot of doubt in your mind. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and at that point, I didn't have all the facts that I have now. So, you know, you're still kind of like, okay, what, you know, is this like, what, what's the deal sort of thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Kudos to him for, cause usually it leaks out 
I mean, Travis Shaw stuff, I feel like, leaked out weeks beforehand. You know, a lot of stuff leaks out real early, or the recruit is not big enough where it doesn't really matter. And it's kind of, all right, he's going yeah. here for sure because he has the opportunity. Like, you know, it's either this place or, or, or nothing. So, kudos to Zach Rice's family for keeping that locked up. Um, yeah, it's huge. I mean, let's just go through just to people who, you know, new listeners. Uh, Zach Rice, 6'6, 282, probably a little bit heavier now. Uh, goes to Liberty Christian Academy in Lynchburg, Virginia. The number nine overall prospect in the 2022 class, the number one offensive tackle. What's crazy? I mean, it's crazy seeing a one by that as the number one offensive tackle, and the number mm-hmm. one player in Virginia. I mean, UNC, I'm not sure they've landed a, a, an offensive lineman ranked this high. Um, I think that player from Indiana, I forget his name, he's in the NFL still. Hurst? Would be the, yeah, Hurst would be the, the, the next closest offensive lineman who was also five-star, but no one in the top 10 like this. So a massive recruitment. You just hope it kind of he develops well enough where he becomes a, you know, a three, four year starter type situation um, and can, can hold down that. Is he left tackle for sure? You think is that kind of where you expect I, him to play? I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's for sure. I mean, I, I mean, I, I actually would, if I would have to project him, I would say right tackle, but I mean, I really? could see him being, I could see him being a guard or I could see him. I could see him being a left tackle also. Okay. Cause he's very athletic. Yeah, he's athletic, um, but he's also kind of a, you know, a mauler sort of guy. Um, so, I mean, he really could do a lot on the offensive line. For sure. Um, why is there any other reason why I picked UNC? I mean, the, the tight yeah, connection so with the coach. I really, yeah, I really think that putting aside his moment in, in chapel, um, mm-hmm, yeah. it came down to is what we said for a long time. If it if he was going to value relationships more, then it was going to be UVA. If he was going to value NFL development more, then it was going to be North Carolina. And he was he feels like North Carolina can develop has a better chance of developing him to become an NFL offensive lineman, which is his goal. And mm-hmm. I think that was ultimately the um, the what what kind of tipped it over for for North Carolina. Yeah, it's always, I mean, it's hard. Um, you're picking between great options, especially with Virginia academically and beautiful place and close to home and, and Carolina close to home as well and, and beautiful. And um, So, yeah, and then you pick UNC over Notre Dame, over Alabama, over Ohio State. So, I mean, it's crazy seeing. It's and a lot crazy. of that was, was, was proximity. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy getting Travis Shaw. That was a mass recruitment and getting Zach Rice. I mean, it's, I was, has UNC ever had two five-stars ever committed? Um. I think there was one, I think, well, a lot of this depends on the ranking you look at, but I think that one class where it had, I feel like it was the 2007 class, maybe. Um, we'll have to look. Okay, we'll get back to you on that. All right, cool. Anything else on Zach Rice? We close this chapter. I mean, it moves UNC's class number nine in the nation. Um, if no, you I read, think the- Don, read Don's scoop, uh, UNC is likely to finish top 15 kind of where they've been since Mac returned at least the last two seasons. So uh, the top, very strong at the top of this class with Shaw, Rice, Petaway, Sebastian Cheeks, and then if they land Andre Green, um, they're gonna, it's a very top-heavy class, I feel, for the Tar Heels. Yes. The only Go thing I, I will also add is that um, Dion Glover, who has been a what, three-time guest on this podcast, um, was was involved in this and uh, you got to think that him kind of being in uh, Zach's ear definitely helped North Carolina's chances. And I'll say this also for, you know, UNC season has not turned out the way expected anybody's expected the way the coaching staff recruits the team media have expected They're four and three, you know, we, I expect UNC to be six and one, seven and Oh, heading to Notre Dame. That was what I was looking forward to a top 10 matchup in South Bend between a really good Notre Dame team and a, a top 10 UNC team. That's not the case. UNC's unranked and probably won't be ranked again this season. So credit to the staff for selling whatever they're selling to get these guys to, you know, been no decommitments. Um, they're still landing top recruits. They've landed Petaway, I think, since the season started. I think, um, or Petaway was, was, yeah, Petaway started the season, I think. Uh, Amari Hampton was right before the season. Zach Rice and Travis Shaw kind of during that season or right before the season. So they are staying the course with whatever message they're getting out of, of selling future, of selling playing time, of um, 
of the opportunity and the future of this program. They're doing a great job of that message and fighting off any negative recruiting that comes with bad seasons. And um, I think, I mean, for some, for some micro cases, you know, I think Virginia's not having a great season either and Clemson's not having a great season either, but we always hear that the actual result on the field and the current season or the current game doesn't have an effect. It's more of a general sense. Uh, the comfort of the recruits with the staff and the direction of the program. And if you look at recruiting, the direction of the program of UNC is, is going upwards still despite uh, kind of a setback this season. Yeah. And this goes back to what I've been saying for a long time while everyone says, Oh, UNC has won this many games to mm-hmm. get this recruit. And really it, it just, the current season does not affect the current class. Now, will it have an impact on the 20, the 2023 class yeah there's going to be a more of an impact but for this class all these guys have already established in their minds what unc is mm-hmm. i mean you know if you has it had a negative impact yeah i mean it hasn't helped but it's not to the point where it's impacting these recruitments because unc obviously landed zach rice landed it over Alabama, which which is doing well and, and notre dame which is doing well and, and ohio state which is doing well um is still a major player for Andre Green competing mm-hmm. against Georgia, which might be the best team or might have one of the best teams in recent memory. So, so the whole in-season wins-losses thing just doesn't matter. It's more really about perception. And yeah. yes, influence. Um, yes, wins and losses influence perception for sure. But you can kind of play around with perception and spin things in positive lights to kind of help your case in a lot of these instances. Cause these kids are, are they don't watch as much college football as we do. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 don't have, don't. they don't have a man tower. They don't have a man tower. Well, I mean, it, you'd be surprised when I'm talking to kids and what they'll say and they'll ask me, Oh, did, you know, who won yesterday? You know, and, and you know, who won last week or yeah, because they're just, they're kids. They're not glued to their screens. They're not like us where we used to wake up in the morning watching Sports Center. Um, it's just different. But yeah, perception is a great word. I think Mac is the master politician, he's the master yes. communicator. He knows yeah. how to sell the program and he knows how to guide the conversation. And he's a smooth, he's a smooth operator. Um, and you're seeing that in recruiting. Um, you know, Mr. Mr. February in terms of recruiting or Mr. December now. So, but the and and you hope among fans is that that translates on the field, but he knows how to control a message um, mm-hmm. certainly. And he's a talker mm-hmm. and a communicator and you're seeing the effects of that. I mean, I think if you get a mom and dad in the room with him, it's, it's, that's why he's so good to recruit. And he's really good in person at convincing these kids and selling the program. And I think mothers look at him as kind of a grandfather figure and he's respected and he has a championship ring and all those things combined. It's hard to kind of turn him down when he really comes in and keys in on a recruit. Yes, I agree with all that. And I think that's a big part of that, too. All right, Don, you know what kind of season it is now? It's late October. What season is it? Chili season. It is chili season both ways, not just food, but also temperature. It is chilly. It's cold. It is sweatshirt season. And here on The Scoop and Inside Carolina, we're big sweatshirt guys. Head over to Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com to pick up your UNC T-Shirts. They got everything and sweatshirts, they got everything you need, jerseys, hats, T-shirts, sweatshirts, jackets. I've actually shopped there a couple of times this season um, to get some stuff. So Johnny T-shirt right on Franklin Street, but also online at johnnytshirt.com. Remember, all Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off with the promo code found on the message board. If you want to read Don's scoop, if you want to read Sherelle's basketball scoop, if you want the X and O's videos from Jason Staples, uh, the post-game scoop from Greg, um, all the inside the message boards uh, that, are, that are always hot. Subscribe inside Carolina, get 10% off giant t-shirt and you can get a uh, discount off all your order. We're also getting into Christmas season, not to bring religion into it, but um, we got uh get your Christmas gifts, start shopping early, UNC stuff in the stocking underneath the tree. Great for all UNC fans, Johnny t-shirt and giant t-shirt.com. Of course, blue shark vodka, the premier, uh, North Carolina Vodka, based in Wilmington and Wrightsville. Our boy, Connor Barth, um, has partnered with them. They partnered with us to create this smooth 
Um, sweetest vodka in the world pairs well with a lot of different things. Um, refreshing, uh, light, crisp, a, a great combo for your game day, your home tailgating, all that good stuff. Blue Shark Vodka. Check them out online and on Instagram. We appreciate them for sponsoring us and sponsoring the Inside Carolina Post Game Live. Some programming notes in Notre Dame and South Bend. So Gregory Hall is hosting the Inside Carolina Post Game Live show with Jason Staples. So we oh got my. two new people hosting the show. Yeah, Sean got a previous engagement, so we're bringing in the uh, bringing the B the B team. All due respect uh, <laughs> to host the. All uh, we due respect. <laughs> yeah, you can say anything if you say all due respect. Uh, you can say anything <laughs> you want in the world. And that's you can take that to the bank. All right, guys, uh, a couple national ads. We come back. We're going to talk about Andre Green and UNC football recruiting. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the scoop. Welcome back to the scoop. Presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka. All right, Don. Andre Green's the second player we want to talk about. What's going on with him and UNC? There's some developments, um, official visits being set. Um, what do you what can you tell our listeners about Andre Green, the four-star wide receiver out of Richmond? I believe. First, I have an answer to your question. Okay. The, two, the 2007 class had two five stars, Marvin Austin and Dwight Jones. A lot of that depends oh. on what ranking you're going off of, uh, because some rankings did not have Dwight Jones as a five-star, but According to the 247 Sports Composite, both are five stars. Anyway, Andre Green. Um, so, as people know. My friend, my friend, Andre Green. Your, fan, your friend, Andre Green. And his dad Smart. is a big, yeah. um, uh, what do we call the scoop podcast listener. Listens to, I don't know if he listens to every single one, but he has listened to multiple scoop friend podcasts. Of the show. Friend of the show. We need to have him on at some point. I've talked to him about that. You know, it, it's always harder when. When guys are um, aren't their their kids aren't committed yet, but yeah, um, maybe, we'll see what we could do. Maybe we'll have him on after. Yeah, <laughs> if, if he commits. Uh, anyway, so just for background, he took three official visits in June: North Carolina, Georgia, Oregon. He in uh, he also took like a overnight visit to Clemson in June. In July, he returned to both UNC and Georgia and then also visited Penn State and LSU, came out of the summer with a top six or a final six of North Carolina, Oregon, LSU, Clemson, Georgia, and I'm missing one. Um, Clemson, Georgia, North Carolina, Penn State, LSU, Oregon. Yeah, that's six. Yep. Yeah. There you go, guys. So uh, he took, he attended the Georgia Clemson game in Charlotte, returned to North Carolina for Duke, God, Duke game. Duke game. Very good. Cause you were there and you saw him. I met him. You met him. You, you conversed with him or as some people would say, conversated with him. It's not a word, by the way. Um, and uh, so now as it stands, he's kind of sort of, you kind of get the feeling that it, this is down to three or four schools, North Carolina, Clemson, Georgia, and, and Penn State's kind of been there a little bit. Georgia and Penn State obviously want to get him back on campus. Clemson wants to get their official visit, which looks like it's, it's locked in and going to happen for the weekend of November 12th. Uh, yep. or the U- UNC, plays, UNC plays on Thursday that week against Pitt. Okay. Just All right. for background. So Clemson's playing UConn, big-time opponent that weekend and um shortly after that definitely by the end of definitely by the end of november he plans on making a decision now georgia is trying to get in there and get an unofficial visit uh fortunately for um andre if he does want to take this visit he has a monday off from school i think it's the week prior of the um, clemson official visit 
to where he might take a overnight visit back to Georgia. Both of these, the, the Clemson visit and the Georgia visit, aren't what North Carolina wants to hear because obviously, as it stands right now, UNC has, I guess, the last at bat, but that could quickly be uh, taken away or it definitely looks like it's going to be taken away. So, um, so yeah, so it's interesting. What Did you get a feel from him on where he's kind of – where his head's at when you when you spoke with him? No, I mean, I don't even know how many words I said to him. We just kind of met, talked to Coach Glover, talked to his dad. But, um, you know, UNC is the closest school there, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It seems like it's coming down to Clemson, Georgia, UNC. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, I think Penn State's a little the, bit in there, but, you know, but yeah. And, it's, I mean, he's been to UNC in June, July, and then again in September. So, we'll see. I mean, it's that same school that UNC is competing with now. It's Georgia. It's Clemson. Uh, you know, occasionally like a Virginia Tech or Virginia. But those are the schools that UNC is going against with these top 100, top 200 type players. We'll see. So, when do, is there a – there's not a date set for an announcement? He has not set a date, but it's going to be before December. They want it done before December. What's interesting, if we kind of lay it out, and I'm sure I'm forgetting one, Jalen Walker was a UNC-Clemson-Georgia battle that went Georgia's way, even though everyone thought he was going to Clemson. Why did he go to Georgia, you think? (laughs) The the pixie dust. Um, Actually, I think there was a little bit more with that. Um, But um, Dalen Everett, another one that came down, basically those three, he chose Clemson. Travis mm-hmm. Shaw came down essentially to those three, chose North Carolina. I don't think mm-hmm. I'm forgetting one, but maybe I'm talking about just this class. Um, so this will be the fourth. All three have a win in this three-way triangle match. You know, it's going to be interesting to see who, who I guess, gets the – There's another cornerback, another cornerback too. I guess the guy at South Carolina, but he was always kind of close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's – yeah, he lives like in the backyard of Clemson, and, and yeah, that yeah. was always his dream. So that, I don't count that too much. Gotcha. And and Georgia w- wasn't really involved in that. I'm yes. talking about true Georgia North Carolina Clemson battles. That's wild. Um, all right. Well, all eyes on Andre Green now. Anything else on UNC's recruiting front for the 2022 class that we need to know and you can tell us? Because <laughs> they have they have 15 commitments now. Green would be a 16. And Mac Brown said on Monday that with the three transfers, uh, Choppy Brown. Clyde Pinder and uh, Josh Henderson, they have more scholarships and they will look to increase their take in the 2022 class. Did he say that? I thought I heard it. Yeah. I mean, he's no, I mean, he said they will, they're not going to go out and take someone just to take someone, but they will look Mm -hmm. at their needs. And um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, to transcribe the quote. Yeah. He said, he said, that's definitely in play. So maybe one more than they expected out of the. Yeah. Yeah. So, we covered all of this in the weekly scoop that's posted every Tuesday. So I would, uh, I would urge everyone to check that out. Um, so, I mean, UNC is considering taking um, maybe not just Andre Green, maybe another wide receiver. Uh, I think the Choffrey uh, departure, Choffrey Brown departure, probably affects the numbers more than the other two. Um, mostly because I think Choffrey was a guy that, and you would know better than me. I mean, I'll ask you. I mean, was heading into the season, did they view Choffrey as a guy who was in their future for the next couple of seasons being a guy? Oh, he was going to be a, supposed to be a starter this year. Supposed to be a, a their, the deep threat, the deep threat yeah. starter for UNC. And he only had one catch in six games, six, seven games. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So now they got to look. I mean, I think they'll probably look at the portal, try to get a deep threat, you know, proven speedster who can you know, make some plays because they need that. Um, Cause I don't think they have that on the roster right now. Now Andre green could help that maybe some guys that are fresher could help that, but those guys still have to develop. Um, so maybe go get a junior or senior um, who could immediately be a deep threat and be a starter. Yeah. So I don't think the other two were guys who were, they could have worked their way into be, being in the future, but I think that they were yeah. guys who are just kind of in their respective position rooms at the moment. Um, but besides potentially, you know, looking a little bit more into receivers in the high school ranks, you know, DB has always been this, this I guess, bugaboo for this class, trying to fill out those, uh, that, that objective. Um, so they're still messing with some guys there. Um, and, I mean, you know, that, that's really, really it for right now. I mean, there's always – it's recruiting, so things can change. Um, but, you know, the weekly scoop definitely kind of breaks it all down for you. 
are you like scared to say names, especially the wide receiver in state? Like at some point we have to talk about them. I mean, we're running out of guys to talk about. I mean, I don't, you know, the only thing that scares me is my mom <laughs> and my wife. Um, <laughs> okay. At some point we have to bring up these players. I mean, I guess they haven't offered that wide receiver. Yeah. Yet. I just don't, I mean, I think right now, you know, there's not really much to talk about. I mean, yeah, Andre I mean, Green show, Andre I, Green show for the next four months. I know. And, the, and, the, and I was actually having this conversation with his dad and I, and I kind of ex- explained to him the predicament I'm, I'm in to where basically every week people are going to expect an update. And I'm like, nothing mm-hmm. changes. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, Andre's Andre's life is, is so crazy structured because he goes to a very academically challenging school. So, you know, homework is not 15 minutes. It's probably a few hours. You know, he has his high school workouts and then he works out if he has extra time he works out on his own i mean so you're talking about his entire day is just packed and then he has to sneak in time to talk to coaches there's really not a whole lot for anything to happen with him especially now that we know you know, maybe the georgia visit which isn't until november and the, and the clemson visit which isn't until november n- november not much is going to change within the next couple of weeks and you know is he from richmond I believe so. I, I haven't is, asked. Is it a does he go to a boarding school or is it just a private school? Uh, it it is not a yeah. It's just a private school, I believe. Okay, so is, he like lives with his parents in Richmond. Yeah, I believe gotcha. so. Cool. I, I'll have to double check. I saw that. I saw that field in the highlights we posted on Instagram. It was uh, like right in a neighborhood or something. It's kind of cool. Gotcha. Yeah, you I know, don't know. Did you notice that? I mean, you sent me the highlights. Yeah, I mean, I watched the highlights, but I was focusing focusing on other things. By the way, what do you think of those highlights? They're pretty nasty. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's good. Um, He's athletic. He has good, good. Unbelievable contact. ball skills. Ball Unbelievable. Skills, yeah, yeah. There's a reason why Clemson, Georgia, UNC won him. All right, yeah. let's move on. We kind of talked a little about. I'm going to do one more thing. We're going to look at this class real quick. So pull the class, Don. 2022 pull, class. Pulling up the class. Now, I saw that you and Max said today that nine players are going to be early, early enrollees. Is Travis Shaw not an early enrollee? Not according to my information but i'm actually going to see travis today i'm going well, to yeah I, I just for some reason i assumed that he was going to be a um yeah um so i mean i always keep track of this stuff when i'm talking to recruits i don't have them down as early enrollee and when i was talking to some sources they kind of backed my information up but i mean these yeah. things are subject to change or you know and of the class right here who do you think has the most impact next season you know, so I actually got asked this on the Ask Don thread. Um, and so here's a caveat I think we have to give, because I think that with every class, everyone assumes that all of these freshmen are going to play right away. And if you just look back through history, that's just not the case. The, I mean, there's, there's, in my opinion, there were two guys, two true freshmen who are seeing significant defensive and offensive reps. I, I ignore special teams, you know, for, anyway, I just ignore special teams. Um, Javari Rizzi is one of them playing a mm-hmm. lot in the rotation the other one pre-injury caleb hood and i really believe that had he not not gotten injured he would be playing a bunch still um but mm-hmm. obviously now with him i think he's at four games that he's played you know unc has to make the call or mac brown has to make the call on okay do we play him do we wait for him to get 100 percent? do we want to burn his redshirt year when he's not able to play um you know the entire season and all that but Forgetting that, he would be playing a bunch more this season. So those are the only two. Yeah, Power Eccles has played a bunch, most of his special teams. Same thing with Rara, most, most of that special teams. Most of these guys have only gotten in in garbage time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so to answer your question, I mean, I think it's hard to keep Travis Shaw off the field. You know, um, he obviously does need to, you know, um, work on his conditioning, especially since, you know, he, he played his first high school game of, of this season this past Friday. So, it would be interesting to see where his conditioning is at. We've talked about how he probably needs to trim down a little bit, but he's a massive dude with just unbelievable quickness and plays with a lot of tenacity. And I think you, you, I think you want to get him on the field for nothing else is to kind of see what he, he has against that mm-hmm. level of competition. The other guys I would throw at you are the two running backs, George Petaway, who I absolutely love. We talked about ad nauseum. And um, Amarian Hampton, and two uh, a few reasons. One, opportunity. You know, the if you look at the running back situation. Um, what's his name? Um, 
Ty, Ty Chandler. Chandler. Yeah, he'll graduate after the season. He's the one receiving most of the reps. You know, DJ Jones is playing some, but nobody seems to like be, you know, have like like a firm grasp. So I think it's still wide open for for running back. So so the potential is there. Also, running back is probably one of the easier positions to transition from high school to college. Um, mm-hmm. So that helps. Um, See hole, hit hole. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's just instincts and you've ha- you either have them or don't. Uh, obviously, as someone brought up, you, you want George Petaway to kind of put on some weight. I think he'll do that. He's enrolling early. He's rolling in January. Um, so um, you know, the strength and conditioning staff will get a hold of him. You know, what is that? Six months before preseason practice or so. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so those are yeah, the three I think, I think have the best chance. Yeah, I think it's the Petaway. I think they need a running back, and I think Petaway enrolling in January will help that. All right, let's see if there's anything else I had to ask about this class. Um, do you agree it's kind of top-heavy? Is that kind of how you see it? Because it's not – I don't think it's as deep as last season's. Um, and maybe even the season before, the class of four, 2020 and 21. you believe it? Do you uh, think it's kind of top-heavy where would, it's like I wouldn't, I wouldn't four or five it. really good players? No, I, I, I mean, I, there's a lot of guys I like. I mean, obviously, if you, if you ignore the top guys like Travis Shaw and um, Zach Rice and everything like that, I mean, even looking down at guys who aren't highly, highly ranked, I think Bo Atkinson is watching his film the other day is absolute stud. Um, Deuce Caldwell, I think is super underrated. I think um, even though he's a four-star Tyon Holloway, I think is going to be unbelievable at North Carolina. I'm a big fan of Bryson Jennings. There's a lot of guys I like on here. You know, uh, Justin Canuck, you know, watch his film. I think it would, it would not surprise me if he ends up being a multi-year starter for North Carolina. He plays in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and, you know, really was hurt by the lack of exposure. Um, you know, Connor Harrell is having a great season at quarterback um, for one of the top programs in the nation. I mean, there's a lot of potential for a lot of these guys to stand out. So I wouldn't say top heavy. I, I would mm-hmm. I would say it, it's a top to bottom, a, a really good class, to be honest. There you go. A little pushback from Don Callahan there on my take. All right, let's get into the team, Don. Uh, four and three, bye week. I mean, I think first, let's do transfer portal talk. You had Chopper okay. Brown, you had Clyde Pender, and you had um, Josh Henderson enter the transfer portal in a span of about uh, five or six days. You cover their recruitments. What are your thoughts on those players deciding to leave? Obviously, it's because of they were not high in the depth chart. They were not playing a lot. They were not starting. Um, and that's Max reasonings for why they want to leave, and it makes sense. Your take, you go player by player. I mean, I, like Clyde Pender, I liked I liked his tape, and we were I think we were both pretty high on Clyde Pender coming in, uh, but he he couldn't see a field. I mean, this is sophomore year, like sometimes you need a little time to develop. So your thoughts? Let's just start with uh, the order they went in. So Choffrey Brown, Choffrey Brown, you know, you know that family very well, I imagine, right? Two recruitments. Um, yeah, for the most part, um, you know the the story always with Choffrey and Diami, you know, even when they were at West Mac High School, was that. Choffrey had all of, like, was, if you were, like, Choffrey was faster. Choffrey could jump higher. Choffrey this and that, Choffrey had. But Mm -hmm. Diami always seemed like he was the better football player. You know, like, even though technically Choffrey um, is faster, you look at, I think, and this, I think this is what UNC really misses this season, is Sam, when he would throw the deep ball, somehow, with that long stride, Diami would just get underneath of it. And he does not have yeah. a receiver on roster right now who can just get underneath of it. There's so, nothing. It's, uh, there's no players that are making deep. I mean, uh, Antonio Green had one. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Antoine Green had one big deep throw. I mean, it's just not but there. Yeah, Diami would do it like every game, a couple of times every game. It, yeah, I mean, he would catch bombs. Yeah. He was strong. And he would fight for balls. I mean, he had some drops earlier on. But, you know, I mean, by far the better player in – I don't know. It's hard to. I don't, I don't like comparing the two. Yeah. As a brother, you don't ever want to be compared to your brother. Um, so I don't. I think we. You kind of talk about him without comparing him. You know, it just didn't ever happen for in the drops this year. Mm-hmm. The mental thing, and I think just needing a fresh start because well, uh, he made some bad drops this year. Well, I because because um, as you mentioned, Mac did mention that these guys weren't seeing the field as much. I don't think that was. I think his situation was a little different because. Yeah. You know, he was, yeah. he, he, he's getting opportunities. He just wasn't doing 
all he could with those opportunities. What what do you think happened? Because there was that one game, I guess it was, was it the Miami game where he, he didn't, didn't play in Miami? Yes. He didn't play against Miami. So yeah, he got he, either benched or he took himself out and was like, I'm transferring already. Yeah. I'm not going to mess around anymore or take anybody's spot. So I don't know what happened there. Um, but that would came after the drop against Florida State where he yeah. almost had, I mean, he was wide open and had a touchdown. He was going to kind of a slant route and dropped it. So. Uh, he had one catch. I mean, he was. This is a guy you would expect to be right behind Josh Downs and catches this year. Mm-hmm. Talking about a guy who can make three or four, or five catches a game, a couple of touchdowns, and wasn't there. So, yeah, I think you're right. It was just a fresh start mentally. Good for him yeah. to get outside of his brother's shadow. Yeah, probably good too. Yeah, okay. and it, yeah, and, and and so it would not surprise me for him to go someplace and get a fresh start and get you know get his playing career on track. You know be, where uh, I thought I, I thought immediately of was uh, Louisville. Gunner Brewer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, shout out Gunner Brewer. All right, um, and then Clyde Pender, who you cover his recruitment, wild signing day. I tease I tease <laughs> this on Twitter. I tease uh, the Twitter story or the, the story about his signing day on Twitter. Um, your thoughts on on him and his recruitment and and what happened with him at UNC? Yeah, so. I just felt like, and besides what happened on signing day, um, he was always great to deal with. Uh, okay. He always answers his phone and all that. But, uh, and even on signing day, he answered his phone, and he, and he, was, he, he just lied to me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I was which, wild. I mean, you want to tell a story? Yeah, I don't mind telling a story. I just I forget a lot of it. I have the awful memory. He did, oh, I mean, so he was the only one who didn't send in his letter of intent. Like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Yeah four o'clock and we were waiting and I was waiting in KFC after the, they had already done Mac Brown's press conference. So we were waiting at uh, Keenan football center. Um, and they had signed everybody, but him. And he was still delaying to put his, um, his, his pin to paper. And Brewster was his, Tim Brewster was his, uh, recruiting coordinator. And I, I'll say this, you know, it's a couple of years past. I think Bruce was like, you better sign now. Or like, you're not even coming or something like he was still maybe thinking about going to Florida and they like, they put the heater on him to get him to sign. Yeah. So I don't know that side of things. I just know that I reached out to him. He answered, I think his coach might've told me that he came in late, even though, because he had finals or something. But anyway, so he eventually Pinder eventually answered the phone and he said, Hey, yeah, I haven't signed yet, but I'm going to do it this afternoon. And so I reached out to a source who said, hey, here, this is what I'm hearing. This is what he told me. And the source was like, that kid's lying to you. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, I have his letter, letter of intent right now in my hands. And I was like, okay. Are, are you, I mean, you know, are you lying to me? And, you know, this person hasn't lied to me. But anyway, um, so they said, for whatever reason, Pender wanted to announce it at a certain time. There are details I'm sure that I am just completely foggy on, but that's what I recall was that, I mean, the kids supposed, supposedly, and I believe that the, the source supposedly had already sent it in. I think he sent okay. it in late. I think he sent it in late, though. Yeah. But um, So I think that your story is probably correct, and then he probably sent it in, but then probably wouldn't make a big spectacle about it. And, and I remember it was like a 4.30 sort of thing. Where he was going video, to, I think he did a video at his house or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think he wanted to do um, something like that. But yeah, it was really weird. Overall, though, I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I just never felt like he fit in that on that roster. You know what I mean? Because he's like uh, a, um, like isn't he like a South Florida kid or something? You know, he's a, he's a Florida um, kid. Yeah. Yeah, I know he's a Florida I mean, kid, but you know, there are certain areas where it just kind of feels a certain way um <laughs> and and really i mean other you know dante belfort north carolina recruited uh, but i mean he's like north in the middle of nowhere florida um he's from set clapping from sefner florida and that isn't that is that south florida um, is that or is that the, right now. clearwater armwood armwood high school i have no idea i've not heard of sefner florida in my life yeah i'm trying to remember uh, where yeah, uh, it's bad radio, but um, yeah, I mean, I think oh, Tampa. Okay, place. so he's outside of Tampa. Yeah, so North Carolina is a certain place, a certain type of school, and, and not everybody's a fit. And 
Florida's pretty far away, so I can see you see the desire to kind of want to move. There's plenty of good schools in Florida. You USF, yeah. UCF, um, typically you know, South Florida schools. Typically, guys who transfer out of a Power Five school end up at a smaller level school. I it would not shock me if Pinder ends up. I don't know, maybe not Power Five, but maybe some of those good Group of Five schools in in, mm-hmm. in Florida. I could see that. Yep, he had the all-time look for his official visit with the turtleneck and the jean jacket. And then um, Tim Cross had the all-time line when they were describing him as a freshman called him a rolling ball of butcher knives. Um, yeah. You know, six-foot, big guy, had some great tape. Um, Do you, well, you remember one of his highlights from, um, uh, from like an like a opening or whatever? No. And he, I mean, he was destroying kids. Um, really? And yeah. He, and, he, and he said, Right, like right after he did a one-on-one and just completely killed this one kid, he yelled into the uh, camera, "If I wanted, if I wanted to play with kids, I would have had them of my own." <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, he, he's a character. I, I wish he never. We never got to interview him. He never really saw a field much, but he was part of that depth. And just there were too many players. I mean, from a football side, they were just you know he got passed by you know not passed, but you had um, Christian Varner, Miles Murphy. Um, bringing in Travis Shaw, Javari Ritzy, all those guys were kind of coming ahead of him. Uh, and I'm uh, missing one guy, um, the basketball guy, uh, K- uh, KJ, Christian Varner and KJ Hester. Yeah, I think Hester was playing ahead of him too. So, all right, Clyde Pinder. And then Josh Henderson, quickly, but Josh Henderson, special teams guy, didn't play, played a little bit last year in the, in the bowl game, but just he wasn't going to pass Ty Chandler, Caleb Hood, and DJ Jones this year. DJ Jones, they saw more, was playing ahead of him. And then you look who's coming in next year with George Petaway and Amari Hampton. Seems like those guys will move it past him. And um, if you want to play football, and it's a good chance to, to leave now and have, you know, keep two or three years of eligibility. So Josh Henderson, um, not a super high ranked kid, but by all accounts, well, I think good, he, um, wasn't he a four star? I don't think so, but I okay. can look. Maybe uh, it was a high three, or maybe it was a four star at some point. But yeah, I, I, he's I from agree. The, from the previous, he was from the previous class too. I think mean, it was the well, last recruiting class for Fedora. No, no, he was actually, unless I'm misremembering, he was. He's, he's nineteen. He commi- you're right. He commit, yeah, he committed to Fedora, and um, Mac Brown kept him on. And one of the ways he kept on was um, Chad Scott was kept on staff and wasn't relieved or let or or mm-hmm. I guess whatever happened with him on staff um, didn't happen until after Josh Henderson signed. So w- w- it was, it was a very difficult situation for him heading into from the very beginning, because re- even though Mac wanted him, he wasn't Mac's guy. The coach who really wanted him was gone almost immediately, you know? So um, he's from New Jersey, not an area that North Carolina recruits very much. I don't even know if there's any other New Jersey guys on roster right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It, may, it makes a whole lot of sense for him to transfer somewhere else. Good stuff. All right. A uh, little team break. There. I don't have much to say about the team. I mean, I haven't played since Miami. So, I mean. Well, let me let me ask three. you. Let me, well, ask let me go you this. Schedule, schedule that remains is Notre Dame. Home versus a really good undefeated ranked Wake team. Pitt on the road, which is ranked. And they're really good, too. A great quarterback. Wofford, NC State. So that's the schedule that remains. The state was ranked, but not ranked anymore after losing to Miami. Go ahead, Donald. So I would, I'm going to put you on the spot because you like to do this to me. We have one, two, three, four, five games left. What's, what, where, what's UNC's record within those five games? Great question. Oh. All right, they're going to be Wofford. Okay. And man. I, I, it's probably going to be two and three. Okay. Who do you think the other win is? State? Yeah. I think they, I think they beat State. Now, I think three and two is kind of what you hope for. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to beat – I mean, of Notre Dame, Wake, and Pitt, you just hope to beat one of those. Wake – I mean, Wake's really good. Pitt's, Pitt's on the road. They're really good, too. And, and Notre Dame on the road, too. I mean, those are three tough games. Those are the next three games. And then it's Wofford. They could go 0-3 and then Wofford and State. And State's on the road as well. So, I mean, 1-4 would be Yeah, awesome. the only – Maybe no so, bowl game. Maybe no bowl game. 1-4 would be no bowl game. I know. Crazy. Considering the expectations heading into the season that were 
five, five. The and media, seven. the evil media put onto this team. Um, yeah, yeah. How, just how looking dare at this, we predict them? What I will say, Pittsburgh to me is the only team that I mean UNC could beat any of these teams, but I think Pittsburgh is the one where I'm just like, all right, it, it, not not good. And I think that team's really good. And I think short week, short week, short week, quarterback going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, the quarterback is playing lights out, and he can match uh, Sam Howell. You know, shot for shot, basically. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I mean, Wake Forest gave off a bunch of points to um, yeah. who was that? Navy, Army, Army, Army. Um, yeah, respect the troops. But um, but they also have an offense and a quarterback who can um, mm-hmm. who can keep up with Sam Howell. Notre Dame is just such a weird team. Yeah, I watched that game against uh, Southern Cal over the weekend, mm-hmm. and it kind of mm-hmm. felt like. Um, I don't know. I'm watching it. I'm like, I, it feels like Notre Dame's losing, but they were up like 17 to three. It's just, it's such a weird team because they make a lot of dumb mistakes, but they just, they still win. It's weird. So it almost always feels like they're about to lose. So I feel yeah, like North Carolina yeah, could, could beat them. Dude. And they don't have the offense to match North Carolina. And they're out. They lost their best defensive player in Kyle Hamilton. Um, yes. And, and NC state has lost their best linebacker. I forget his name, but also, uh, your boy um, has been out for the season from Orange County. <laughs> yeah, hey, well, Wilson. I always view, and not to be cliche, but I always view the NC State game is like you kind of like the rosters you kind of throw out the window sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and just kind of just kind of watch what's, it and enjoy it. What's great about the season, it's all set up for UNC to win the league. It was all set up. Clemson's not as good Yeah, you thought. Notre Dame is definitely not as good as we thought. Um, you know, the best teams right now are Pitt, Wake. The state's pretty good. I mean, the, the Coastal's pretty weak outside of well, Pitt. Really? Um, Virginia you, Tech. So, like. If you look at it right now, you know, the two teams who could be playing for the ACC championship, Wake Forest and Pitt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, all, they're they get, North Carolina's playing them coming up. There's no passion in those fan bases. I love to beat Wake, ruin that season. And Wake fans. Well, the, Wake fans almost killed me and my family on Twitter. <laughs> well, Wake is such a, I mean, they have a small alumni base, you know, mm-hmm. and most of those people don't care about sports too much. So I don't. And Pittsburgh's weird. Pittsburgh, you know, it's a, it's one of those uh, big city schools where football is not as big there because it's a pro, it's a pro. Um, yeah, it's a pro town. Pro but I mean, it, it, yeah. it's actually for being in a pro city. It's actually they have a pretty good fan base. Yeah. Um, speaking, it's it, it a good coach. I mean, good. No, go ahead. Uh, and they have a good coach, Pat Narduzzi. is gonna be a very yeah. stable coach there, just like Wake Forest. See if Dave Costs doesn't get a, a bigger job, better job. I'm just happy there. There's a lot of good coaches right now in the ACC that are just kind of keeping that consistency. Um, I wonder if Virginia Tech coach uh, Fuente is gonna be on the hot seat too. Um, but it's interesting, definitely weird, interesting year in the ACC. All right, anything Wait. else? Yeah, I wanted to ask you what, what you're, since it's the next game, what's your thoughts on on Saturday's game? What do you expect? I don't know. I don't know anything about this team. This team, UNC's team, like you never know what's going to happen. Like I don't expect them to win, but I would not be surprised. I think UNC has talent. It's got to click. You yeah, know, maybe the rest will help. They've obviously had more time to go over Notre Dame tape. I don't think Notre Dame is anything special. Um, so and UNC has some playmakers, and all it takes is an interception here, a fumble there, defense to kind of play a little bit better. Defense needs to keep playing. It needs to play a lot better than they played against Miami and, and Florida State. And I think you have a chance with Sam Howell, but I just don't know if the weapons – the weapons are just Josh Downs and Sam Howell. Yeah. I was like, you're leading rusher, I think. Or yeah. Him and Ty Chandler are very, very close. So, I don't know. You hope for the best. Season's been weird. Um but that's it for us. I don't even – do we want to tease the, the top five? Like, it's kind of – we forgot about it. <laughs> um, and it's, like, well, seasonal. Let's, and it's seasonal. Let's, let's, let's include it now, and then we'll um, – See we what answer we get. Yeah, if we don't get yeah. enough, we'll, 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 we'll bring it back up in the next podcast. Okay, so top five is top five Halloween candies, the brand name candies. Give us your top five candies. If you're listening to this, this point in the podcast, we appreciate that. Send it to Don on email. On IC uh, message, on IC uh, private message, or on Twitter, your top five Halloween candies. We know Halloween is in a couple of days. You might be listening to this even after Halloween, but you know, candy is always a relevant discussion. Plus, you're, you're eating us. it. 
you're going to be eating it for the next couple of weeks. Correct. Correct. All right, Don. Good podcast. A little different. Not as newsy, but some good conversation. We hit on uh, Subway. We hit on transfers. We hit on Zach Rice, Andre Green. We close with some good transfer talk and a little UNC schedule talk as UNC heads to Notre Dame. Tar Heels land, five-star, offensive tackle Zach Rice. They're eyeing Andre Green. That's kind of the news here from the scoop. For Blue Shark Vodka, for Johnny T-Shirt, I'm your host, Ross Martin, Don Callahan. That has been the scoop. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.